0: Welcome everybody to the skill development playbook podcast. I am your host Coach TJ. Season 5, episode number 28. Got another solo show for you today. And this is uh this one here is going to be a good one. I'm going to talk about keys to a successful skill development session. And the strangest thing kind of happened. I was, you know, I have to come up with different different topics and what I want to talk about. Sometimes they come to me very easily and sometimes they come at just the most random time. And I was actually um, on Twitter and someone was liking some of my older posts, uh, some of my older tweets. And I read one of my older tweets and I'm like, huh, that would be a good topic uh, to discuss, uh, to give some information on. So I'm going to talk about five keys to successful skill development session Um, After the show, y'all make sure y'all stay on. Um, I'm going to give you all my contact information, how you can uh, follow me on social media. And I have something very exciting that I'm doing on Instagram Live, on IG Live, that I want everybody that's listening to be a part of, and i get give some information on my book also. So I'm not going to, I say this, I'm going to try my best and I keep you very long today but I have five keys to to a successful skill development session, okay? So let's jump right on into it. Number one, time management. Time management comes comes down to being organized, okay? When we schedule a session with a player or a player schedules a session with us, we want to be timely. Uh, Number one, we got to make sure that we show up to the gym early, okay? We don't want to show up, you know, five minutes late, 10 minutes late. We don't want to hold other people up. But we want to be, we, we got to have good time management. So when it comes to time management, that means we got to be organized. We have to know what we're going to do, uh, how we're going to do it. Do we need any equipment? Do we need, you know, any and everything that 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 is going to help that drill or whatever we're working on flow. So typically what I like to do is if I use, uh, if you use cones or if you use chairs, whatever, whatever type of equipment that you may use, you may want to try to set that up, right? Now, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not an advocate of setting up an obstacle course. <laughs> and I know people nowadays are more reluctant to use cones and use chairs. But I think you, and this is a side note, this is something that we have to remember. If you're going to use cones or if you're going to use chairs or if you're going to use any type of equipment, it's really got to be based on what your objective is and why you're using it. If you're using it with a younger player and you're helping them with their technique or their form or you're trying to emphasize a point, that's great. But if you're using a chair or a cone and and you're saying that this is a game-like movement or a game-like move, um, then you're using that in the the wrong sense. But anyway, we want to be organized. What we're going to do, how we're going to do it, You know, what skills are we going to work on? We just want the workout or the training session or the development that you're working with that player to just flow, flow seamlessly. So we don't want to be jumping from one thing to the other. We want to limit distractions. Uh, You know, we don't want our cell phone ringing and going off and we getting our cell phone out and checking our phone, checking our messages and on the phone talking to people. Now, don't get me wrong. I have my cell phone um I use it to record players um you know uh I even would, I, I like to use it for music to play in the background and not too loud but just have some background noise so there are times I have to go to my go to my phone and change a song or something like that or turn the volume up turn the volume down but I do it at certain times okay so if I tell the player to get a drink while they're getting a drink I can go to my phone turn change the music if I need to or something like that um, I can look at the videos and all these different things, but we want to be time. We got to be aware of our time management. Okay. All right. Number two, set expectations. When I get ready to work with a player, um, in the beginning, I like to give them my expectations. Okay. What I'm expecting and what I expect of them. I let them know what we're going to work on. This is, this is our emphasis for today. I don't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be real cute. It doesn't have to be some some just really great quote that you read or that you heard or anything like that can just be, Hey, these are the expectations for today. And it's good to always tie back to their previous session with them. So, uh, so if, if I worked with a player and they struggled with their shooting, because let's say we're working on them snapping their wrists, then I could tell them my expectation for the day. Hey, last time when we came in, you didn't shoot the ball very well uh and you got frustrated. So, let's let's attempt today to understand we're going to miss shots and we got to be able to to play through that and let's try not to get as frustrated. So, that's setting the expectations. And then I let them know, you know, what their expectations are of them and what the expectations are of me. So, this is this is what you should expect from me. I want to see you make mistakes. I want to see you miss shots or I'm not going to, I'm not going to get upset if you miss, you know, I'm not going to, you know, so you just, you, you got to set those expectations. So the player kind of knows what they're shooting for. Okay. So we're talking about five keys to a successful skill development session. Number one is time management. Number two, set expectations. Number three, keep the players engaged and bring energy. Now, you hear, this, you hear this all the time. Keep players engaged. You got to keep them engaged. got to keep them engaged. Coaches got to bring energy. And there's different levels of energy. Okay. One of the most important things is I think as a coach, you got to be authentic. Players know if you're being yourself or if you're trying to be a a, a replica of someone else. I'm not a Gannon Baker. Okay. I'm, I'm not a Gannon Baker. I'm not a, any other of these, you know, big time trainers. I can only be me. I can only be Coach T.J. Coach TJ is a laid back, easy going, unconcerned coach. I just am. Um, you know, players will miss and they dribble the ball off their foot, and I'm just like, "You good?" You know, hey. It's, at the end of the day, it's a game, right? There's no point in in me setting some high level expectations to add. Um, you know to set the expectation and the bar so high that 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 the player just gets so tense. I was having a conversation with a with a player the other day. I was like, dude, you got to get back to having fun. they like, oh, I I I have fun. You know, I enjoy. I'm like, no, I can look at you and tell. You know, when you miss a couple of shots, you get so frustrated. You gotta have fun. Don't, don't quite take yourself so serious. Um so when we do this, when we bring energy, our energy can be different. Okay, we want to keep the players engaged. So, how how do we keep the players engaged? Well, we try not to talk too long. Okay, we want to keep our our teacher points short. Uh, We want to keep them moving as much as possible. Uh, We want drills that's that's fun, but at the same time that relates to the game. And and notice I said relate to the game, doesn't always have to be a game like drill. Uh, You know, know, so sometimes. if they seem to be bored with one ball drills, you might you might throw them two ball drills just to kind of get them engaged. Uh, you might decide to do something with a tennis ball just to keep them engaged, just mixing it up every once in a while if, if there's more than one player at the session, and I know things are different right now because of COVID 19, but if there's one more than one player at the session, then you know you might you might have them do some one on one you might have them compete in a drill. can they make so many shots? In a minute, can can they make so many in a row? Can they can they beat the drill under two minutes? Whatever whatever the case may be, uh, but you want to try to keep them engaged. And then again, when it comes to bringing energy, every coach is different. I'm not a rah rah type coach, uh, but I do like to keep them engaged, or I do like to bring energy my way, and and I let them know that I'm not just going to sit there and um, not interact with them. Okay. All right, so number four, have progression in your drills. Have progression in your drills. You hear some coaches talk about this, uh, but here's the thing that you want to be careful of. I've seen a lot of trainers, they like to take players from point A to B to C to D to E and, and all the way down the line, which is great. That's cool. Some coaches will start at A and they'll skip to D. I think it, it it really depends on the player. And here's something that I like to do. Every once in a while, I just like to throw a player in the fire. How are they gonna respond? How are they gonna react? Um, I wanna see you know, your confidence in your abilities. So I do have progression. Uh, we do progress. In the drills, it could be a particular skill or it could be progression throughout the training session. So what I mean by that is, let's say if it's a particular skill, if I'm working with a player on a euro step, I'm going to throw them in the fire, tell them to make their dribble move, get to the basket, euro step and then finish. I want to see how they can do it first. If they've never done it before, then I know, okay, we need to break this, break this skill down. If they're a player that's, that's done it before, I look, I see if there's any ways that, you know, I can critique it to try to make it better. And then we'll break it down some more and then we'll work our way back up. Now, the other part of progression in your drills is throughout the training session. So you might say, okay, today we're going to work on two, two different dribble moves uh, or a dribble move and a counter or two different dribble moves and a counter. So when we do our ball handling, we'll work on the footwork with that dribble move. So we may start stationary doing the dribble move then we may add some footwork into the dribble move. Um, and then we might you know get to a point to where we we work on that dribble move and finish with a with a shot, but we may do it close to the basket and then work our way out. But you just wanna to progress to where by the end of your training session, you can see some type of growth, some type of improvement other than you're just randomly selecting drills for the players to do for for the forty five minutes to an hour hour and a half that you have them with you. So there's got to be some type of progression uh One thing that I did yesterday with a uh a pair of sisters where we were doing some stuff out of trooper thread. They start in the corner, they run to the you know they would just throw it to me, run to the wing, I throw it back to them they catch they make a move off the catch right they Catch it real quick, rip it, attack now then what we did was we progressed to where I added a defender. Uh it's a drill I, it's called hot potato. I'm sure y'all have seen it before on 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 you know on the internet. Uh, you have a player on offense, player on defense, they start in the corner, and then they just toss the ball to each other as they're tracing along the three-point line. And and I give them no more than four tosses. The offensive player can go whenever they get ready. So it might be on the you know, the defense may toss it to them and they may go on the first toss or it may go on the third toss or whenever they want. And then they attack. So we did a little bit of progression there. We started on catching and ripping it real quick and attacking the basket. Then I added a defender. They attacked the basket. So um, that's one way you can have you can have progression. All right. Five keys to successful skill development to a successful skill development session. Number one was time management. Number two was set expectations. Number three is keep players engaged and bring energy Number four is have progression in your drills. And number five, and this is really, really key, always evaluate how the session is going and don't be afraid to change on the fly. Don't be afraid to change on the fly. There are, I see a lot of times where coaches talk about practice planning. And um, I, 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 uh <laughs> When I'm doing a one-on-one session, I consider myself the the uh the Jay-Z of of skill development training. And here's what I here, and here's what I mean by that. Not saying that I feel like I'm the I'm the best trainer there is, but here's what I mean. I don't write anything down. Okay. And a lot of people will say, Man, that's crazy. How do you not write anything down? So I have this ability, um, my my memory is not quite as good, not quite as good as it was when I was younger. But I have this ability to where I can work with a player and it could be three weeks later, it could be a month later, and I would just when the session gets ready to start, or before I get to that session, I can automatically know what we need to work on based on the last session. So if I have a player come to me for the first time, I put them through a series of drills to evaluate their abilities. And then I tell them, okay, this is what we need to do uh, for you to be able to improve your game, make the high school team, play in college, or or whatever the case may be. Um, and and, I, and this is going to tie into my point. And so, what I have noticed in the past, I I used to struggle writing out every, and I still struggle with it writing out every. Every little bit of what we were gonna do, so it w- it would be hard for me, and I would sit here and and try to I would go through my fast draw trying to find drills and couldn't find what I wanted and I just couldn't do it. It was just it was just, it was just hard for me. Then I came up with the block system where I would figure out what blocks I want to fill in for the training session. So if I'm gonna work with a player for sixty minutes, I could have five blocks, four blocks, six blocks. First block may be ball handling. Second block may be uh, uh, half-court drives. The third block could be scoring out a triple threat. The fourth block could be shooting. And then you add up those times, it will equal up to 60 minutes. So the ball handling may be five minutes. The uh, half-court drives could be 10 minutes. Uh, Scoring out a triple threat could be 15 minutes. And then the shooting could be 30 minutes. And then that would be my hour. But here's the thing that we have to make sure that we do. If you write something down on paper, that doesn't mean that, that you're married to it. Or if you are married to it, if you're committed to it, it's okay if you don't do everything that's on that, on that paper or if you change it up. Because when you're working with a player, you have to be really in tune to what they're doing. If they pick up a skill really, really, really fast, really quick, don't be afraid to move on. If they're struggling with the skill, don't be afraid to stay with it longer to make sure that they get it. Even if you don't reach everything that's on your list or in your practice plan, that's perfectly fine. So the reason why I say I'm the Jay-Z or Lil Wayne or whoever else you want to say that that are rapping and they freestyle, really good rappers, um, because there will be times where I would write stuff down. And I wouldn't even get halfway through it because I would notice, okay, this player is struggling with this. I can't move on until they get this. So I would, I would deviate from from the what I had wrote down and made sure they got what what they needed. But then I kind of noticed that my sessions would flow better. I didn't feel pressured to kind of get through the whole the whole training session. And this is, I'm, and I'm talking about the the coaches, not talking about players. If you're a player, yes, you need to write everything down and you need to follow it to the T. You need to try to get through that. Um, But as a coach, you know, I knew when I if I had a player, okay, I know what we need to work on. I know we need to work on shooting. I know we need to work on your footwork. I know we need to work on you uh, being effective off the dribble. So then I would work on those things. Uh, You know, when you've been doing this for almost 20 years, you know, there's, there's so much. that that I've seen and done, uh, I'm able to to put things together. So if I'm doing a one-on-one session, then I don't necessarily write my stuff down. But if I'm doing a group, um, and it depends on how well I know the players too, but if it's a group session, or if it's a team session, camp, clinic, yes, I write everything down to be organized because there's so much stuff going on. But in a one-on-one session, You know, maybe two players, maybe three. I don't necessarily write things down, but I'm organized in my head. I know what I want to do. Okay. All right. So my five keys to successful skill development sessions. Number one is time management. We got to be organized, understand what we're going to do, know any equipment that we're going to need, get all that things, all those things organized um, so we can can get through our our training session in in a timely manner. Number two, we got to set expectations. What do you expect of the player? And what can the player expect from you during that training session? We have to keep, number three, keep players engaged and bring energy. Every coach is different. We just don't want to be the coach that's standing up against the wall with our arms crossed. We got to have bring some type of energy, engage with the players, talk to the players, encourage the players, let them know that you're there and you're actively involved. Number four, have progression in your drills. And this could be within a, a particular skill. Progressing. If you're teaching a player how to shoot a layup, you want to progress up to the player being able to dribble to the basket and shoot the layup. Or it could be progression throughout the training session where the players could go from, you know, working on handling the ball to where at the end, of, at the end of the training session, they're handling the ball in a one-on-one uh, control drill that you may have them do. And then number five, always evaluate how the session is going and don't be afraid to change on the fly. Whether you write it out every little bit of detail or if you don't write anything at all, don't be afraid to change it up. If you see something that's not working or if you see that something is going really well, don't be afraid to change it up. And real quick, I have a story on that. I had a young lady. She just finished college. Uh, When we were in, she was in going into, I think, 10th grade. We were, during the training session, things weren't going well, so I just stopped the session. And we played one on one, and that was the best decision that I had ever made because the light came on for her after that. She's everything that we've been working on. She did it. She didn't know she could do it, and it just really changed her outlook on herself and her abilities. And then she took off, and, and next thing you know, she's playing well, you know, and on, on all these trips and tournaments and stuff she's going to. And uh, she ended up getting a, a, uh, a scholarship uh, at the Division One level. Uh, so don't be afraid to change things up. So let me give y'all some information how you can contact me. If you need to contact me about anything, don't be afraid to send me an email at info at That's info at tjonesfirm.com. Um, Also, be sure to check out my book, The Skill Development Playbook. It's available on Amazon and on my website. If you go to my website, tjonesfern.com forward slash SDP hyphen book, it has all the information. It has quotes or not quotes, testimonials from the book on the book from different high school and college coaches. Uh, You can hear what they say about the book, what they think. Uh, It's a real easy read, it's 10 chapters. 78 pages, maybe 80 pages, uh, but it's not a drill book. It's just some information about, about skill development, what you need to look for, things you need to consider, things you need to understand, and so it's a really good book if you're into skill development, um, so y'all be sure to check that out on my website, tjonesfirm.com forward slash sdp hyphen book. The paperback is 9 dollars and the uh, PDF version is three ninety-five. dollars but if you want to purchase it from Amazon, it's 9 dollars on Amazon and it's 3 dollars for the Kindle version. You can either go to Amazon and type in the Skill Development Playbook in the search engine and it will pop up. Or if you go to my website, info or tjonesfirm.com forward slash SDP hyphen book, there is a link on there. There is a button that you can click that takes you directly to Amazon to where you can purchase the book there. And let me see what else. Social media. I am on social media. Be sure to follow me on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, My Twitter handle and my Instagram handle is at NBNBball. Now, last thing before I let you go. This Saturday, this this Saturday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I will be doing an IG Live with my man, Mark Williams, out of New York, founder, owner of Team Footprints, and we will be talking about racism in America. Um, I have been doing, a, I have done a couple of commu- what I call community conversations. Uh, I, I did a, a, uh, I did one with a guy by the name of Keon McNeil, which is right here out of my hometown. He does basketball training. Uh, he has a company called I Got Next uh, uh, Training. We talked about racism, our experiences. Then the 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 next conversation I had was uh, with Tion Conner out of California. Uh, he is the basketball trainer, um, and so we're just having these conversations about racism, what we can do with our platform, because we know that racism is something that's taught. You're not you're not born with it. So with us being skill development coaches and trainers, we are around youth players all the time, and we have an We have an opportunity to inform and and educate people on how to fight this disease that we have in America. Now, I know right now that Black Lives Matter, um, you know, and hearing about George Floyd, all these different things are no longer trending. Like you hear about them, people are talking about it, but it's not like just in your face anymore. But what I want people to understand is that this is a movement. It's not a moment. This is something that's not going to stop until we can overcome this disease, this horrible, horrible disease that has plagued America, um, you know, for a long time, for a number of centuries. So we're just going to talk about it. Um, um, so on Saturday, and I don't even know what Saturday's date is. Um so we will be we will be discussing racism in America on Saturday at six p.m. Central Standard Time, seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then on Sunday I will I will be talking with Mike Costello, and he is out of Oregon, and uh, it'll be seven thirty p.m. Central Standard Time, and I think that's going to be five thirty his time. I think he's in Portland, Oregon. I could be wrong, but just know it's 7:30 p.m. Central Standard Time. So wherever you are in the world, just make sure to tune in. I will give people an opportunity to to join the live if they want. But I would really appreciate your your comments and your thoughts on on racism in America, and if you have any ideas on how we can overcome this this disease. Well, that is it. I appreciate y'all. I thank y'all. Be sure to to let people know that you're listening to the SDP podcast. Share it on your timeline, share it on your Facebook, share it on your Twitter, whatever you got to do. And also, if you're enjoying this show, I really, 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 really really will appreciate a five star rating on Apple podcast. And also be sure to drop a comment. But until next time, thank y'all and God bless.